Hi folks, and welcome to another episode of Sparkles for Mental Health, Growth in Five Dimensions. Uh, I'm Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm really excited to have Pastor Michael Schultes on the show, who talks a lot about faith and depression. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, you told me that you are a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in the U.S., and you also lived with clinical depression for most of your life. Yes. You write and talk about the strange intersection, well, it's strange and tantalizing, of illness <laughs> and faith, and has found that being open and transparent has been healing for you and others. And you live in Pennsylvania with your wife and two children. Yes. Mm -hmm. So welcome, and I ask every one of my guests, how come that you are so passionate about what you are talking about? Well, I think I'm passionate about it because it's um, it's kind of at the core of who I am. You know, I uh, my my faith is is incredibly important to me. I uh, I can't imagine um, you know living a life without uh, you know trust in God. That's that's what gets me up in the morning, keeps me going. But at the same time, um, you know, I, you know, I live with with what I call the dark voice of depression um, almost every day as well, telling me these horrible things about myself, and uh, and it's a it's a daily, it's a daily challenge and a daily opportunity to uh, you know to kind of challenge those voices, and um, and I really believe that 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 faith is one tool that can really help us through this um so it's it's i guess i'm passionate about it because it's it's at the core of who i am i i love that because most of my guests it, it's really a passion it makes their life meaningful mm. and, uh, and share with others and reach out to show them that there's hope and yeah. that for somebody that's in that darkness as you say in that uh, in, the, in the middle ages it was called the dark night of the soul sure Mm -hmm. or dark clouds and uh, that is fascinating so tell us what does depression feel to you yeah um i often describe depression as, as i kind of hinted a minute ago as a as a voice in my head you know i don't literally hear voices like someone with schizophrenia might but but i i experience it as as kind of an internal monologue that tears me apart at every at any opportunity whenever i do something um you know make a small mistake or something that voice is right there and says i told you i told you you were a piece of garbage this is what i've been telling you for years look at what you did you should have known better and it just it's just relentless um it you know i also you know feel depression as um as kind of a sense of meaninglessness and a sense that it, it and and you know the physical sense that I, I I find it hard to get up and get moving sometimes it's just feels like it's easier to just lie in bed um and but it's all it's all wrapped up together you know it's all you know kind of you know when when I can't get the motivation it's because the voice is telling me don't bother because you'll just make things worse um so that's that's kind of my experience of it yeah and and I definitely understand those dark thoughts the dark night of the soul and the hopelessness and yeah. meaninglessness that is experienced. I had it myself when I used to be depressed. Now, often those people say, 
a little bit like Jesus on the cross when the sun uh, went away. Yeah. Uh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? How can people like that believe in God? That's a great question. And, and it does sometimes feel like, um, like that, you know, that, that level of loneliness and abandonment. But what I've also experienced is, um, is another voice that, that tells me over and over again, I love you and I made you right. And yes, you make mistakes sometimes, but I have a plan for you and there is good in this world and you can be part of that good. And that voice is always there, um, even more than, than the dark voice. And it, it's, um, you know, it, it sometimes, uh, it feels almost like the, the cartoon angel and devil on your shoulders that you see sometimes in, in cartoons. Um, but I've, I've learned over the years, um, uh, or I'm still learning, you know, to listen more to that, um, that kind voice, because I, I interpret that as the voice of God. It's, it's, um, you know, again, I don't hear God speaking to me like a prophet might, but through, you know, through what I've learned and what I teach about God, um, yeah, I, I, it, it resonates with what I see in scripture. You know, I think God is a God of, of walking with us, um, through all the wilderness, uh, times through, through all the, um, you know, all the, the dark paths and the dark nights and, uh, God is always, always right next to us and always ready to, um, to embrace us. And, and I feel that, um, and it's really, it's really annoying sometimes to have both of those voices talking to me. It can get really loud in my head. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So when somebody is in that dark, dark darkness or feels like they are crucified. Yeah. And the sun is gone and everything is darkness and they cry out and nobody seems to be oh. there. Uh, how can you, Feel that God is still there. It's just a just a temporary thing. How can you achieve that? What would you say to somebody like that that cries out and says, "God is not there. I can't see Him." Yeah, it's in my world. I, I think what I'd say is um, is first off, I'm 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 so sorry that you're experiencing that. I'm so sorry that uh, that 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 life is so dark for you right now, and that um, and that you're suffering in this way. And I think what I'd say is um, that sometimes we don't see God. You know, sometimes um, God is is invisible to us. And I believe that God is with you right now. But I understand if you can't if you can't see that. So what I'd encourage you to do right now is, as best you can, surround yourself with people who love you. Surround yourself with people who are good for you, um, and hold on. Because, um, because maybe tomorrow, you'll 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 see what I what I'm seeing, and 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 if not tomorrow, then hopefully the next day. Um, and I I would just encourage them to just hold on and and surround themselves, you know, by people that that care. And if they don't have you know people in their lives who kind of fit that, you know, reach out to a support group online or reach out to a counselor or or something like that. Because because um, you're worth it. There's always help out there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we as people that have experienced or are still experiencing depression, 
and do not give up, encourage others not to give up just because yeah. they are period of darkness. And there is light at the other end of the tunnel and it's not the freight train that, that yeah, I right, right. talk to depressed people and I say, you know, I've always found there's light at the end of the tunnel and they say, yeah, it's a freight train. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny, but I always say it's like in a European Alps, you know, as a German born yeah. person the long tunnels and you don't see the light and then there's the yeah. sudden turn and the sudden sunshine brightens the mind and the spirit. Yeah, That's for me, the faith in God and the Holy Spirit and that light at the end of the tunnel. Would you see that the same way or how do you see? I think that's, I, I, I love that image and I love the way you described it as sometimes you have to get to a turn in the tunnel until you can see that light, that if there's times when you just simply can't see it, it's not because you're a failure. It's not because because um, your faith isn't strong enough. It's because right now in your life that it's around the corner and just, you know, and just hold on because that corner's coming. And when that corner comes, you'll see, you know, you'll see that glimpse of a light. Yeah. And, you know, as a pastor, you often accompany people in their darkness, right? And I yes. think also very important that you don't have to go alone in that darkness in that tunnel there's many people like yourself that reach out in the darkness and help you go there and there's a there's a country song i really like when you're going through hell just keep going yeah right <laughs> not that it, 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 it's created hell it's not god's hell but still keep going when it's like that yeah. and find somebody to go with you it makes it easier. And and one thing that 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 I decided really early on when I got to the church where I'm at right now is I decided really on to to kind of um, come out about this. That I decided I, I didn't want to hide it. Um, I know that you know some some congregations don't really want to hear their pastor say things like that. And I I I wanted to know that at the beginning. So I was only there about six months, and I preached a sermon in which um, I was talking about how we all. Uh, you know, we all face some real difficulties in our lives, and it's important to name them, and it's important to 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 recognize what they are. And I shared that you know one of the main difficulties in my life is is clinical depression, and I told them what what that looks like for me, and um and and how I experience it. And then I said, um, I invite you right now, if you'd if you're comfortable, to call out what your struggles are in life. And I thought I'd hear maybe one or two people say something dozens of people called things out. It was amazing. Um, you know, and some of the things were, were, you know, struggles with my grandchildren or anxiety or cancer, but a few people even said depression. And, and after that sermon, um, so many people have come up to me to say, um, you know, I know what you're going through because I've gone through it too. Can we talk? Um, and, you know, I've been there 10 years now because I feel like it is it is a place where I am welcome in all my brokenness. And I think that has has really fostered an environment where people are are willing to talk about their brokenness in a way they might not have been otherwise. Um, so I think, you know, just shining light on it by by talking about it, you know, it goes a long way to breaking the stigma. And it also can be the first step in healing because there's other people out there who who don't know exactly what you're going through but 
but who know a piece of it. And so many people, if they are even not themselves depressed currently, they know somebody who's going through it. Oh, yes. Hearing somebody that's open about it and talks about their experiences like you and I can be really helpful to show them they're not alone because yeah. I don't know how it was for you in your worst moment. And I want to know. For me, I thought I'm the only one in on the earth that thinks about uh, taking their own life. Oh, yeah. So for you? Yeah, I mean, I I have been um, at the very edge of suicide a couple times in my life, and in in uh, in in you know, I, I've recently published a book, a memoir of my life with faith and depression, and in that book, I share the the story of how um, you know I was up a tree and had a noose around my neck, and I was ready to do it, and I really believed that God wanted me to do it. You know, I was that my my mind was that twisted at that point, um, but what happened while I was standing there? Uh, it was nighttime and I suddenly saw a light in the distance. Mm. And, um, you know, I think in, on one level, it was just probably somebody nearby turning their porch light on or something, but, but on another level, it was, it was the light of God, you know, shining on me and saying, don't do this. I don't want you to do this. And I climbed down and, um, and the next thing I knew, I was in a, I was in a hospital for eleven days, getting you know getting some some real help that I needed, um, and I think God walked me through that. So yeah, I've I've been I've been to the edge. You know. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michael. And that now it's not easy, and it took a while for me to get over that hurdle to share my uh, because I've tried suicide twice, and I also was an inpatient in a mental hospital. Yeah. And uh, I know how it is when you are ready to kill yourself. And I personally do not believe in coincidences anymore. <laughs> yeah. Those are divinely sent things that that light was switched on in that moment. God made that happen for you. I am convinced. Amen. Yes. yes. So let me ask you, many people looking for somebody or something to blame when they're depressed. They say, why I'm so depressed? Is it the food I eat? <laughs> is it uh, that I'm a bad person? Or maybe even is it God that wants yeah. me to be depressed, that punishes me for being such a bad person? What do you say to them? Did yeah. you do that? And what do you tell people that do that? Ah. I, you know, I think there's a lot of different causes for depression. I think, um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no scientist, but, um, but what I will say is it's not punishment from God. Um, God doesn't, the, the God I see in scripture, the God I have seen active in my life um, doesn't act like that. Though, unfortunately, the church has sometimes made it sound like God does act like that. The church has said things to people like, oh, just, if you just pray more, it'll all go away. Um, and I, you know, that's, that's not the case. I, you know, I often, when I'm talking about this, will compare mental illness to physical illness, um, that you, we don't tend to, um, think that, that, that a cancer diagnosis is God's, you know, punishment for someone. And we don't tell them to just pray more and it'll go away. Um, we, you know, we pray for them, but we also, you know, walk with them as they, as they go and get the, the medical help they need. And I, and I think mental illness is the same way. You know, it's not, it's not a moral failure. It's not a spiritual failure. It's a, it's a 
problem in your brain, which, you know, maybe it's genetic in your case, maybe it's caused by a trauma, maybe, you know, I, I don't know what, what the cause is, but God wants us to be healed and to be whole and, um, and provides tools that help us do that. And there are so many different sorts of help available out there and they don't all work for everybody, but, but I, but there's so many options and, uh, we just need to, to have the courage to go and ask for that help. I love that you say it that way because so many people blame somebody or themselves mm -hmm. first for mm -hmm. being depressed. And it has so many causes. I wrote a blog about it, the five dimensions of depression and struggle. And uh, Dr. Amen, one of my mentors, talks about it that it's really a brain struggle and it has to be addressed from different ways. And sure. one of the very important help in depression is spirituality. And I personally now see depression as an opportunity for personal growth and spiritual growth. Mm. And I made a movie about how to recover from depression with a friend of mine. I call it Seven Steps to Climb the Mountain of Life. Okay. And what's at the end of the mountain? I call it the last sparkle at the end of okay. the mountain. Okay, sure. Uh, it, it, it is really God helping us to understand why we are here on earth. It's an opportunity to find your purpose. And I think a spiritual leader like yourself can be immensely helpful to give your life meaning and purpose yeah. because the whole Bible talks about that. Yes. I, I hear a lot of people say in my congregation um, that everything happens for a reason. And I don't believe that. And and often, you know, depending on the setting, I'll often kind of challenge them a little bit. I'll say, you know, I, I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I've read stories of the Holocaust. That did not happen for a reason. But Maybe what will help the whole of humanity grow. Yeah, yeah right. Direction because the direction it's growing like now, oh. like, but something, I, but I mean, something was there. What I will say, what I do definitely believe in is that God can use any suffering um, to help us. And, uh, you know, I don't believe that, that God gave me depression, but I believe, you know, like you say, I've grown through it, you know, and I've, I've, been, I've helped other people to grow because of, of my own, um, you know, journey through it. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's a really important thing is that, is that, that, you know, I don't believe God gives it to us, but God, God can make use of anything. And, um, and that can give meaning right there. No, and, and I've read the Bible cover to cover at some okay. time because my brother is a very fundamental Christian, way more than I ever be. I'm more the spiritual uh, type, but I like okay. Bible. It has very, very good stories. And I struggled for a long time with the typical suffering story, you know, Job. Yeah. Oh, God make that pact with the devil. <laughs> and it sounds like it, he punished poor Job. Yep. And it's very hard to get around that somebody that's struggling right now we have a really good explanation for that story um i don't have a good explanation for the beginning of it what what you know what causes that but what what i do i what i have found to be helpful is talking about what happens at the end um you know job uh after hearing all this advice from all these people and and uh and basically telling them you know to be quiet Job starts yelling at God and says, this is not fair, God. I do not deserve this. 
I want you to come here and explain to me why you did this. God shows up and doesn't explain any of that. Instead, God shows up and says, where were you when I created the universe? Where were you when I created the tides and the, the, the beasts of the ocean and so on and so forth? Um, God just kind of shows up and, and, you know, gives Job a little bit of what for. But after that, Job feels better. Even though he did get the answers he wanted, what he got was God coming and being with him. And I think that's the promise that, that, that I try to offer people is, is not that God's going to answer our questions, not that, that we're going to you know, have everything worked out, but that God promises to be with us um, and that that is enough when we can really experience that for what it is. I love that. So really what that means is that even if you're going through a severe depression and no human being is close to you, God is there. Yes, yes, yes. I think that can be healing for a person to know and to experience it. So how can somebody that maybe doesn't feel that yet start to experiencing that God is with them and God loves them always? <sighs> That's a hard question. That's I a can't. hard question. And, 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 you know. Is there an answer for that? And if not, you tell me. I think, I think that it is really, really hard to think, to find that out on your own. I think we need to hear that from other people. And I have found that in my life, um, there have been, there have been a lot of times when, um, you know, I am really strong at preaching grace about God's love is a free gift to us and there's nothing we can do to earn it. And that's, and, and, and God is always there with us. And I always believe that's true about the people I'm talking to, but I don't always believe it's true about me. Sometimes I feel like, like I'm on God's payroll, but I'm not actually, you know, one of God's children. That's, that's kind of what the depression does to me sometimes. And I have had people in my congregation tell me after sermons the same thing I just said to them because they know that sometimes I need to hear it too. And I think that's, that's the, the tough thing is like, if I can't see God, what should I do? I, I, I think, you know, try, like, like I said before, try to find people who are, um, you know, who are supportive, who, who can show you wh whether they are, you know, whether they're people of faith or not, if they're people who are loving, they can show you a sign of God's love, whether they use that word for it or not. Um, I just, I, I, I think from inside, it's, it's really hard, at least in my experience, I can't always do it on my own. I, I really need other people to remind me of that. So would you say, if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is to the way to experience and find God's love and company is through the love of fellow humans? In my experience, that's the best way to find it. Yeah, yeah. So that really shows us we need each other. Yes. And what is often misunderstood in the Bible, the famous quote, love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. And many people forget the second half, as yourself. As yourself, yeah, yeah. And I think what God really means, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we need to love ourselves. 
Yes. Able to love others and God. Mm -hmm. Back because God loves us no matter what, but to love him back and experiences. I think we have to love ourselves. Let him love us. Show him that feel the feeling that we are worthy of the spiritual love. Because we are. God thinks so. So who we are. This or her question. What, what, what is it with Job? If I heard you right, God is the expert. Trust me. He well, said, yeah. <laughs> have you been me, with me when the universe was created? So who are yeah. you to question my authority now? <laughs> hey, just trust me. Yeah. And that's that's another thing I, I like to talk about um, is that, you know, God told you that you are loved. Um, we in, in my church, we we really talk a lot about baptism, about how, you know, baptism is God's gift that tells us that that we are God's children and we're God's children for life. And I remind people, if you're baptized, that means that God has said that you are worthy and you are loved. Um, and I'm not saying that if you're not baptized, you're not. But 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 baptism, you know, it, it, to us anyway, is the is the the sign of that, the 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 sure sign of that. So yeah, who are we to to tell God that God's wrong? And and, and that's what I'm doing when I'm when I'm thinking I'm not worthy. I'm telling God God's wrong. <laughs> and you know, one of my biggest vices is always I want to be right. Yeah. So uh, if I'm depressed, uh, I want to be right. I'm miserable, and God isn't uh, doesn't love me. I'm right. <laughs> yep. 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 At some point, we have to overcome that and say, "Hey, yeah. come on, we don't know nothing." <laughs> And it's a journey. You don't get there overnight. Um, you don't get to the end of the journey you know, at any point. It's, it's, we're continuing to walk that path. Um, one of my, my favorite um, stories um, in, in the Bible that, that has become really important to me as I've been thinking and talking about my, my journey with depression is the story of the road to Emmaus. It, it happens. It. Sure. It, it, uh, it happens the, the day Jesus is raised from the dead. Um, two of his disciples who were, you know, they were all really scared after the crucifixion. And, and uh, these two disciples decide to go take a walk to Emmaus, which is about seven miles away. These two did not know that Jesus was raised from the dead yet. So they're walking along, they're talking to each other, really depressed and upset. And Jesus appears to them, but they didn't know it was Jesus. And he asked them, why, what are you talking about as you're walking? And they say, how, are you the only person in Jerusalem who doesn't know what just happened? He's like, no, what just happened? They say, our leader, our uh, who we thought was the Messiah just died. And now everything is falling apart and we don't know what to do. And Jesus starts talking to them about how, you know, don't you understand the scriptures, how the prophets foretold that it had to happen this way. This is, this is what was going to happen. And, but they still didn't recognize him. Until they reached Emmaus, they convinced him to come in, or they persuaded him to, to come into their house and share a meal with, with them. And when Jesus takes the bread and breaks it, suddenly they see who he is, and he vanishes. And what I hear in that story is that um, as we go through our lives, you know, grieving or going through whatever suffering or pain or, or you know, whatever struggle that, that we're facing at the time, Jesus is with us. We don't even know it. And we can only tell that he was there sometimes afterwards. And you know, when we look back and realize, um, and yeah, and I, what I didn't mention is one of the, the one of those two disciples said to the other one, 
weren't our hearts on fire as he was opening the scriptures to us. You know, they, they were able to look back and see that, that he was there all along. And I think that's, I think that's the, the experience that, that, you know, I don't think a lot of us have in life is that we feel like we're alone and we feel like we're suffering and we are suffering, but, but when we look back, we'll see that God was with us the whole time and, and God enabled us to get through it. That is a beautiful uh, uh, story and a beautiful way to interpret it. And it gives you hope. And that is yeah. what we need to know that God is with you, even in your darkest moment. And that's what you experience when I get it right. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you one other thing that I often mention. Uh, uh, we hear a lot about mindfulness being in the moment. And I personally think it's not new because in the <laughs> Paulus always said, pray without cessation. Yes. In my opinion, that means exactly that. Have your connection with God every moment and be present with God, the Holy Spirit or Jesus, whatever you want to say, every moment. Right now, I feel the presence of God. That is mindfulness as I'm yes. with you. And I share God and the presence of this universe with you because it's non-local. It's not tied to a place, a church even. Yeah to the universe it's an energy i i agree with you 100 in fact i i have this theory that i'm working on and even you know thinking of maybe even trying to do some writing about it that um that when when we we hear about eternal life especially as in the gospel of john when 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 john talks about eternal life he's not talking about the afterlife he's not talking about something that comes later in john eternal life means a way of living now and and the word eternal literally means out of time um so that's why I mean, you, you can see eternal life as everlasting life but you can also see it as life lived outside of time which i think means not stuck in the past and not stuck in the future which are you know i think you can kind of say depression is being stuck in the past and anxiety is being stuck in the future to some level but it's living right now in the present so I think even the idea of eternal life, at least one one ver version of it, kind of is mindfulness. I think that's what Jesus was yes. was trying to help us to see is that is that I am here with you now. Um, so let me ask you: You obviously studied the different translation and maybe even some Aramaic, which is uh, the well, that Jesus <laughs> spoke. Uh, the only thing I know about Aramaic. Uh, and, and tell me if I'm right or wrong because I didn't study theology. Is that mm -hmm. it? That, that, that the word for God in Aramaic really means Amma, which is as well female as male. Am I right? Or I don't know. I am not. I am not an Aramaic scholar. I know a little bit of Greek, but <laughs> yeah, I never studied Aramaic, unfortunately. I, I sorry, I, I can't, I can't idea, tell you. <laughs> I, it, I found it interesting. Yeah, so, that is interesting. Yeah. I know that the Bible was written, of course, in a time when men were men and that was nothing about women. So when I heard that, I thought it, it stuck with me being a woman. And I thought, what if God is neither man nor woman, but it is just, it, it is. And, and he says, I am. One of the things, and I know we're going far afield here, but but um, I, I feel like, like it's okay. Um, just recently, I, I stumbled upon this idea that some scholars are starting to think that the, um, the name for God in the Old Testament the, which is YHWH, um, sometimes pronounced Yahweh or has been mispronounced Jehovah. Um, some scholars are starting to believe that that name 
is actually best pronounced. The YH is breathing in and WH is breathing out. That God's name as revealed to Moses is breath, is, is the inhale and exhale. And I find that to be wow. really a powerful image. And, that, and that's is. beyond male, beyond female. That's just the life you know, force. Um, you know what? It's, it is building a bridge to the East. Mm -hmm. and the eastern spiritual traditions and really in my books it all goes together in some way because god is one and yes. and the way we talk about it i don't know if it's true because i believe love is all there is mm -hmm. and the different forms of god we in we, we people are so incomplete we never find the right name for god Yes. It's impossible, I think. It's so much bigger as well. It's amazing. And and for me, when I came out of depression and uh, and now call it to sparkle when you are permanently no longer depressed. Yes. Uh, uh, I think it is important to have a spiritual con con connection. And I love that you're talking about it so openly. And uh, I I love that you're sharing your story in your book. So before we stop with that podcast because the time is uh, slowly winding down although i would love to talk for you with you for hours because it's fascinating to talk about the true meaning of the bible when it comes to depression recovery and wow there's so much in it of course there's for, for thousands of years people have talked about the bible so it must be a good book <laughs> <laughs> and so can they learn more about your story your experience with mental health and get your book sure uh the book is called dark water a pastor's memoir of depression and faith it's available on uh, amazon barnes noble all the major booksellers uh, also available as an audio book um the the best way to to find out more about me and some other things that i write uh, would be to go to my website which is the scholtes.com it's t-h-e-s-c-h-o-l-t-e-s.com um i write a blog there i i print some of the sermons that i that i write there i also have a weekly newsletter that i i write um about the intersection of faith and mental illness that um that you can sign up for there so that that'd be a good place to check me out and right after this show, I'm going there. And everybody here that's listening, go to theshoulders.com. The link will be underneath the video. So you can see it if you watch it on YouTube. Or you can go to theshoulders.com. It's in the show note on every podcast uh, platform. And uh, because it is so important when you feel depressed that you have somebody walking with you. And why not let it be Jesus or God? All right. So thank you very much for being a guest on the show today, Michael. It was a pleasure. And uh, this was the end of today's episode. So if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to the show and put a rating on Apple Podcast on whatever podcast you're listening in. And uh, the next episode uh, will be coming up soon. So if you're a subscriber, you get notified. Take care and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.